Hello, I am Amy, and together with my friends Emma and Brian, we will be delivering website news from London Scotty Club in audio format. The advantages are that if you are out walking your dog you can listen to the latest stories from London Scotty Club. This new service is in addition to London Scotty Radio podcasts which you can listen to from this website or from podcast apps. Comment on how you find this new service. Thank you. Playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Welcome to Scotty MOT, the health and well-being show from London Scotty Club. Please welcome back Steck's welfare officer, Kath Marshbank. Hello to you. Hello, George. Great to have you back on the programme. A month's gone fast, hasn't it? It certainly has. You've, have you been busy? Yep, uh, things are picking up a little bit in the rescue world. Oh, right. A couple of dogs in, so making some people happy. People who've been on the waiting list, which is good. Mm. When you say picking up, do you mean um, because it's the start of the year, or do you mean over a longer period of time? Was there a bit of a lull recently? We, it was quiet over lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Only a quarter of the dogs that we normally get in. Uh, I think last year the total number um, was 28 dogs for Stecks to be uh, to be rehomed. Whereas you know we were at one time doing nearly 100 dogs, so we have really dropped down. Um, but things seem to be picking up. This uh, you know quite a few phone calls, a few leads. So you know. Yeah, pardon the pun, leads, right. Yeah, keep us going. <laughs> so I, I guess, I, I mean, I would just like to ask you on that. I presume that, in a way, lockdown uh, meant that pe- because people were at home, uh, people were more, more likely to hang on to their Scotties, to put it bluntly. Yeah, and I think more people were going out buying dogs. So if a Scotty was advertised looking for a home, you know, it was immediately snapped up by uh, somebody on the internet. Um, you know, quite a few puppies were bought in lockdown. Um, people mm. taking a big risk, not seeing the uh, puppies with the parents. Uh, you know, with the bitch, which is by law that the, the pup should, should be with the the mother of the uh, of the litter. Um, people paying money over the internet, five hundred pound deposit, and then paying the balance when the pups delivered to the front door. Now these pups, unfortunately, did not have the best start. We're seeing quite a lot of behavioural problems, socialisation problems in some of these dogs. So, right. you know, it's, um, we've got our work cut out to, to try and fix these problems, what some people are having. Yeah, I mean, we certainly heard there was a surge in demand for Scotty puppies and indeed all canine puppies during lockdown. As more people stayed at home, they felt they, they, they had the conditions in which to look after a dog. Um, but it seems as though uh, people were, it seems to me anyway, that people were less, you know, less likely to give up their, their dogs because they were at home and they had lockdown in effect. Yeah, they, they were during the lockdown, but now people are going back to work. Mm. Um, you know, flight paths and things are opening up, chances to go on holiday. Yeah. So we are seeing an increase in the dogs coming in now. Right. Um, luckily for us, not so much with the Scottish, but other breeds, they're really inundated. Mm. You know, French Bulldog Rescue, 
stew, um, pugs, um, you know, they really are rushed off the feet, whereas we're just seeing a trickle of the dogs coming through now. Right, well, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously, during the course of the year, and do keep us up to date on the latest statistics of how many Scotties are looking for a new home. Right, uh, so, Kath, uh, on to our first question, um, straight out of the mailbag. Uh, Scotty MOT, for those who don't know, this is, the que- this is the program where you, the Scotty owners, can send in your questions. You can send in photos, even short video clips, uh, so that it will help um, our experts to look at uh, the, the situation, what's wrong with your dog, and perhaps we can give an answer. We're not promising, however, to give an answer, I should say, because... Uh, Uh, neither Kath nor Jackie who alternate on this program are qualified vets if you are in any doubt you should certainly consult a vet I think that's always something we have to remind people of a little health warning there Um, but on to the mailbag and uh, Kath the first question then suggesting well making me feel a bit scratchy to tell you the truth a listener wrote in to ask our Scotty MOT experts should we give anti-flea tablets to dogs all of the year through. What do you think, Kath? It is recommended by the manufacturer that um, depending on the product that you're putting on the dog, whether it's drops on the neck or whether it's a tablet form, the manufacturer of, of the medication states to give all year round uh, for, you know, to stop any fleas getting onto the dog and also preventing ticks. But personally, I tend to only treat the dog, um, spring time, you know, late spring, just before summer, if there's a dog prone to fleas, or certainly if the dog has got a flea on it. Now, I'm one of those people, I know straight away if my dog's got a flea, because the fleas will jump on me and eat me alive. I've got that good blood, uh, <laughs> oh you know, and talk about itch, you know, as soon as you, you, you've been bitten, yeah. I'm up in a big red mark and it itches like crazy. Um, so I, pre- I presume you're a, you're a rare blood group then, and um, the the yeah. connoisseur fleas know this. That's it, and just uh, just tasty for fleas and midges and mosquitoes. I was going to say mosquitoes, the other one. So uh, you want to be careful when you travel to some parts of the world where there's cause a, a pre- pre- prevalence of uh, of mosquitoes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. to prove it's not not very nice. They love me. Yeah. Now, a lot of people have got very common blood. I don't mean that in a bad way, but have got uh, much more, um, uh, shall we say, uh, l- less sensitive blood um, and less likely to to uh, to have the, the the flea jump on to them. So, um, what would, what would be your advice to them? Because you obviously have more of a sort of early warning system, don't you? That's it. Um, look at your dog. Um, if it is itching, you know, and if it is prone to fleas, if you have had fleas in the past or you keep getting fleas, it's, you've got to look at the surroundings where the dog's living. Uh, fleas love homes which are central heated, um, you know, heating coming on, cools down a little bit, comes back on. So even during the winter, fleas will carry on living in the home. And so the dog's walking around onto the carpets and rugs, furniture, and it's a big cycle, you know, the fleas coming off the furniture onto the dog. Yeah. So if you, if you have had a problem with fleas, you do need to fumigate the house. Um, you know, my advice is really with the dog beds, throw them away and start again with new beds and to make sure that your dog is treated. And if I have had a dog which has had a bad batch of fleas, then I would definitely um, use the flea treatment 
um, and use it as per the instructions from the manufacturer. Now, some um, treatments are once a month, mm-hmm. um, and what you need to do is also to make sure that uh, the dog stays dry while that flea treatment goes on. So don't put the flea treatment on, then immediately give the dog a bath. You know, if, you, if you're going to use a flea-type shampoo, if the dog is infested, um, use the shampoo, flea the dog, um, let it dry you know, with the flea shampoo, make sure the dog is bone dry, and then two to three days later, then put the drops on the back of the neck. Exactly, which is somewhere that obviously the dog cannot lick because it is, after all, pretty poisonous stuff, right? It's toxic, so we don't want the dog to ingest uh, this. Yeah, and also if you do have cats, make sure that you don't get the flea treatments mixed up. A dog flea treatment onto a cat can kill a cat. Goodness me, really? Yeah, it's very, very toxic. Now, the other way to uh, treat the fleas, you've got uh, other products which are tablet form, um, and with those, they tend to be given just once every three months. Mm. So you, you literally just give them the tablets four times a year. Right. And um, you, so you're saying that dog flea treatment is toxic to cats. Is it the same the other way, from cats to dogs? Not sure we're on that. I've only known of a problem where, um, you know, somebody got the, ta- the uh, treatment mixed up, unfortunately, and the, the cat, you know, wasn't well and it ended up passing away. Oh, dear. So it was a very unfortunate thing, so it's something that I am always wary about. Right, so yeah. If you are using the treatment, always wash your hands, mm-hmm. you know, when you've used the treatment and dispose of the packets accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all very good advice. So fleas then, as we know, uh, they're most prevalent in the spring through to autumn in moist and warm seasons. Uh, But you're saying that because of the modern way we live, which is with uh, central heating at home over winter, so they can have an almost uninterrupted cycle all the way around the year, can't they? Now, let's look at some of the um, other alternatives to the uh, the main sort of manufacturers. We won't mention the names, but um, if you go into any pet shop or any uh, 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 vets, um, there, there's there's a, a big number of competing brands out there. Um, we're not saying any are better than others. Um, very often, it's down to the dogs. One thing I've noticed is that sometimes, it's a bit like antibiotics, if you've been giving the same brand for a long time, it starts to wane in its effective uh, shield against fleas. So, in other words, there is a possibility that the dogs will get the fleas. I don't know if that's something you've come across. Yes, that that is, um, you know, one of the products which was out on the market right at the beginning. The fleas now have become immune to that product. They've had mm. to change the uh, makeup of the product. Yeah. Um, you know, so this is why sometimes it is good to change. But not changing every month if you're given a monthly treatment. You know, maybe use a product for, for 12 months and then change on to another product. Right, so keep it going for about a year and then review, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And if you, and obviously if you, if you see any, any examples of fleas before then, then there's obviously something worth feeding back to the manufacturer as well because that sort of thing I think they, they do appreciate hearing uh, about uh, so that they can work on the formula again. Yeah, okay, definitely. fantastic. So um, now... Are there any sort of alternatives, you know, natural, organic, or other ways in which we can combat them? You know, other remedies. I mean, I, I remember uh, Jackie, who was on the show some months ago, she mentioned that she is a big fan of, of what, what she calls canine-friendly uh, garlic tablets. Uh, now, these are basically um, 
ingested by the dog, perfectly safe to, for the dog to consume, unlike all other garlic uh, sources that we know. And this helps to ward off the fleas and, and probably the vampires as well. Any thoughts about that? Um, it, it can work. Um, I think if you do have a dog which does have a problem and it has actually got fleas, then you know you've got to go to the um, you know to the prescribed treatment you know from the vet and you know and get rid of those fleas once and for all because once the fleas are on the dog, it's not just the itching problem; they're actually biting into the skin. They can cause skin infections. You know they they literally sucking the blood out of the dog you know so your dog is be- going to become unwell it's going to lose weight um, it can become very lethargic you know really severe cases if it's um, a very young dog then you know the dog can come down with anemia because the fleas are eating all the goodness you know from the dog <laughs> Okay, thank you for that, uh, Kath. Now, on to our next topic. Um, Now, this is one uh, that I personally selected. Um, We had some news that shook the Scotty world this week, uh, on Valentine's Day, no less. We had, um, earlier that the same day, uh, marvelled in the latest photos of Gordon, the Wheaton Scottish Terrier. Uh, He was photographed in his pyjamas. How cute is that? We were... avid fans of his latest photos he's always on social media and uh, this is a a dog that uh, lived in virginia united states of america well a few hours after we saw those photos of him in the pajamas we heard the news that gordon aged 11 years had died of bladder cancer Uh, what is particularly sad is that the owner um, who has looked after gordon and indeed earlier uh, scotties in the family had never had a Scottie survive to, to age nine. Um, the lady was, of course, emotional when two years ago, Gordon managed to reach that milestone. And indeed, he went on to live into double digits, as you've just heard. So the story of Gordon and bladder cancer, um, it's the number one cause of early deaths in Scotties, isn't it? Well, it's very high up there, um, liver cancer as well, but I think bladder cancer takes the you know, takes the edge on it. Um, mm. And it's something that is quite difficult to spot because our dogs, when they, they wee, um, you know, they generally go off into the bushes or find the long grass and you don't always see that there's a problem. So the, the, yep. key, the key thing is, is to, you know, when your dog is getting up to seven, eight years old, is to take it for an MOT at the vet's take a urine sample in, Mm. get them to check that sample, make sure there's no blood in it. Because generally the first sign of um, the bladder cancer of a transitional cell um, sarcoma, it is blood in the urine. Now, sometimes um, it can be just down to a a bladder infection and a long course of antibiotics will clear that infection up. But a lot of the times the infections uh, keeps reoccurring and the vets will say oh it's infected again you know let's try some more antibiotics now if the dog has come down third time i would definitely be saying look you know let's do a scan let's see what is going on in that bladder and more often than not you find a thickening of the bladder walls which is the start of the uh, of the bladder cancer and in- now, with most scotties the bladder cancer always ends up on the neck of the bladder 
in an inoperable spot and eventually that um, cancer will grow and it blocks um, the bladder so the dog can't pass any, uh, any water. So when you're out walking your dog, just have a, you know, get up close, have a look. It's always worth taking a piece of kitchen towel out, white piece of kitchen towel, pop it under the dog while she, you know, while he or she's having a wee and just have a look. Can you see any traces of blood in it? Right. You know, is the urine very, very dark brown? Because we don't always see the blood, but it can just discolour the urine. Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, straight down to the vets and, and get it checked out. You know, it's not always, as I say, it's not always the bladder cancer. It can be things like bladder stones. But unfortunately, with our Scotties, they are, um, you know, predisposed really yeah. to bladder cancer yeah yeah so um and it's a very good point that you make there about uh, checking the the color of the urine so obviously urine should typically be a, a, a sort of a golden yellow color um relatively light in color not not uh, uh, you know uh, not just not, not sort of just off white it, it is obviously yellow yeah. but but what you're saying is um you know obviously if there's blood in that urine um you can't see any red specks it's not like looking at other things um here you're looking at literally it browning the color of the urine yeah and if that's the case you know straight down to the vet some dogs with if a bladder cancer is well formed you'll actually see um quite a lot of blood come out um, mm. you know into the into the wee once the dogs stop weeing you know there will be um blood coming out and, you know, sometimes if it's a bitch, you know, you think, oh, the, she's coming into season again if she's an unspare bitch. But, as I say, it's normally, um, you know, if it's not, a, you know, um, in season time, then it is generally, uh, you know, a nasty, uh, nasty bladder cancer. Right. And apart from the, the colour of the urine, um, are there any other telltale signs at the start? I mean, frequent uh, urinating or, or anything like that, or weird yeah. behaviour? Generally, um, you know, wanting to go to, to have a wee a lot more, so the frequency, but also squatting um, or cocking his leg and no wee coming out or just a little bit, walk on a few steps, cock the leg again, and again, just a little bit of wee coming out. And if that's the case, it's generally a little bit further on. Um, it's the bladder cancer. It's already formed and it's already starting to block the neck of the bladder. Now, is it true that Scotties tend, particularly male dogs, uh, tend to sort of cock their legs under, uh, you know, under any tree, uh, and therefore it's kind of difficult because if they're doing that as a matter of, you know, as a habitual thing, it might be difficult to tell that separate from uh, a genuine case of of, of early um, blood, bladder cancer. It how, is, how, yeah, it, it is quite difficult to spot, and this is why with a lot of people when they when they say they've got a problem or they've found that the dog's got a, a problem, it is already, um, you know, well-developed. Quite advanced, yeah. 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 Okay, so we are looking for the tendency to want to wee, but nothing or not much coming coming out. Um, in the case of uh, whether it's uh, male dogs, female dogs, pr presumably it's the regularity of that, that that's, that's sort of the, the indicator, is it? Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you for sharing those thoughts with us uh, t tonight, Kath. I mean, today I'd like to very much dedicate this episode of Scotty MOT to Gordon's memory. And London Scotty Club will be looking to support research into canine bladder cancer in the hope that this um, rather prevalent risk 
can be wiped out for future generations of Scotties. We want something positive to be the outcome of this event. Um, so, Kath, stay on the line. I'm just going to finally tell people about um, how they could get in touch if uh, today's programme moved you, um, if you have questions that you'd like to share with us on Scotty MOT. Um, I'll just uh, quickly tell you that if you've got a question for us, um, you don't even need to be a London Scotty Club member, although Lord knows why you wouldn't want to join. It's free of charge after all. Um, you can send your question using our online form and attach a photo or short video if you think this will help us uh, to look into your Scotty's problem. Uh, just visit the dedicated page on scotty.scot. That's Scotty spelt with a double T-I-E. Scotty.scot. Scott. And uh, this show, well, we'll see you back in two weeks. So wishing you all healthy Scotties. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.